0: Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, bringing you another episode of Monday Madness on this dreary morning of June 21st, 2021. You think you're pretty good at networking? I want to pitch you a little scenario. Imagine this. You're at an oil and gas networking event, and while having a drink, you run into someone who researches the market and other oil and gas subsectors. He gives you his card and tells you he will provide free information regarding current events, and all you have to do is follow him on LinkedIn so that you're subscribed to his content. I'm talking price analysis, inventory reporting, updating on geopolitical events, and the man offers to do it for free. Do you take him up on it? I'm sure some of you listening said, well, duh, that's free info to take advantage of. Of course I will take him up on it. Well, if that is the case, I sure hope you are subscribed to this podcast. We deliver the same information at no cost to you. So go ahead and bump right into that little subscribe button consider it the exchange of a business card. You can even add myself or the Rare Petro team on LinkedIn should you ever want to reach out to us or simply stay up to date on what the hell is going on because it is bound to be a wild year. But I know you didn't come here to listen to me manipulate you into subscribing. You came here to learn all about the most revealing statistics and biggest current events, so let's do it. First of course, WTI pricing. Last Monday, I was reporting to let you know that we finally broke through that $70 barrier and had even climbed to $71. Lucky for us, pricing remained strong through the week. It climbed through Wednesday, where it encountered a high of $72.83, just under $73, before dipping to a low of $70.33 on Thursday. Thankfully, it only spent moments that low before bouncing back to the mid-$71 range. Currently, the price is about $72.81, so I see no reason why we won't see prices of $73 in the next week or so. Considering that the low was still above $70, I think the price should be comfortable here for quite some time. More banks and more analysts are eyeballing an $80 target in the near future, which is a position Rare Petro has maintained for quite some time now. Don't believe me? Simply search price or demand on rarepetro.com And you will encounter some old periodicals and podcasts and other early segments that will back me up. The world is slowly returning to the way things once were, and that includes drinking more and more oil. At this point, there are a few articles circulating around highlighting the demand and how it's outstripping the supply, and I recommend you check into those as it could establish some groundwork for you to draw your own conclusions. Ultimately, The price is in a fantastic place right now, especially when you consider it was only $40.73 a year ago today. Next, the rig count. We've spent all of 2021 kickstarting more and more activity, so why stop now? That's right, nine more rigs in the week, bringing the total to 470, which is 204 more than we had a year ago. Talk about growth. In 2021 alone, we have seen 119 new rigs. If we dive a little deeper, we see that the DJ Niobrera came out swinging with a 50% rig increase, bringing their total from 6 to 9. Move over Permian, there's a new kid on the block. Speaking of the Permian, it was only able to post one more rig, but that still brings its total to a whopping 237. The Granite Wash, Utica, and Williston Basins all saw single rig growth, and both the Eagleford and Marcellus lost a rig. Marcellus appears to be losing steam because that is the third rig it has lost in about a month, dropping its total to about 27. It should come as no surprise that these new rigs are mostly drilling horizontal oil wells. I gotta say, a phenomenal week for the rig count, especially for Colorado, and it seems like this new price point is unlocking lots of areas that may have previously been uneconomic, so let's keep bringing that total and price Lastly, of course, is the inventory report, which you could have already known had you signed up to Rare Petro's weekly Thirsty Thursday inventory report. If you missed it, I'll fill you in right quick, but in the future, you can catch them on rarepetro.com or even see them passing by on LinkedIn, usually on Thursday afternoons. Both the API and the EIA predicted about three-ish million barrels of drawdowns. The actual report showed that the API reported at 8.5 million barrel drawdown, and the EIA reported a 7.35 million barrel drawdown, absolutely smashing their estimates. This puts us at the seventh straight week of drawdowns. Even if a few drawdowns in May were shy of half a million barrels, the last builds we saw were only 600,000 and 90,000 barrels. Sure, demand is improving worldwide, but there are definitely some players who are thirstier than others, like China, who continues to buy and use hydrocarbons like their lives depend on it. Gasoline showed up to the party with yet another build, but that is a report from the 11th, so we should be seeing a more updated report soon enough. Despite that most recent build report, prices are still up about two cents a gallon from the previous week. Other distillates saw a small build, but the huge crude draws really overshadow everything else. Overall, a 10 out of 10 phenomenal week for our statistics. What's not to like about climbing WTI prices? A growing rig count, and shrinking inventories. I think this summer is going to be a whole lot more fun than last, so be sure to strap in and join Rare Petro on this wild ride. Next, our stories. If we take it on down to Louisiana, we've got a huge landmark in the era of the drilling moratorium. Judge Terry A. Dowdy of the U.S. District Court in Monroe ruled that the Biden administration lacks the right to stop leasing federal territory for drilling and production without approval from Congress. This is especially bad news for the administration, as a majority of Congress is Republican, and pushing it into that territory could result in a lifting of the ban. This preliminary injunction was drafted to support the states that are harmed by the lack of revenue being generated from lease bids and tax. The states currently suing the federal government include, of course, Louisiana, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, and West Virginia. The Interior Department responded to the order, saying they would comply but continue the review of current leasing and permitting practices. A spokesperson for the department said that the coming report, quote, will include initial findings on the state of the federal conventional energy programs as well as outline next steps and recommendations, end quote. To me, that response sounds like the report is mostly finished, and the department plans to issue new rules and guidance, so I'm not incredibly excited to hear what they have to say. Overall, I do believe this judge is right. Not only are these states missing out on much-needed revenue, but the feds are as well. So many projects surrounding restoration and water use are dependent on revenues generated by oil and gas, and 2020 already did enough damage to funding. This report has to come out soon, and I want to read what the government has to say, but the situation is growing messier and messier by the day, so I do hope a resolution is reached soon. Our next story centers around shortages. There's a shortage of anything anymore. I mean, lumber, computer chips, workers. Well, the next thing to add to that list turns out to be natural gas. That's right. Europe is short of natural gas, which is imperative for electricity generation, so they're turning back to coal. Coal usage in the continent jumped from 5 to 15% this year after a colder and longer winter depleted gas reserves. Germany, the Netherlands, and Poland are some of the largest offenders who are turning back to coal to resume regular levels of power generation. While this is beneficial for coal producers, especially when you consider that they've been breaking record after record for coal pricing, it has also pushed Dutch future gas prices higher than anything since about 2008. In the short term, the Dutch sellers of gas will net a large profit from these expensive prices, but Russia will surely want in on the action once the Nord Stream 2 is complete later this year, especially considering the fact that electricity usage in Germany, Spain, and the Czech Republic actually increased while it remained pretty much flat everywhere else for a net growth. This certainly does not bode well for some European countries who will be attending climate talks in Glasgow later this year. And while we are on the topic of shortages, I'd also like to talk about electricity shortages in the West that are a result of a crippling drought. The California Department of Water Resources is in charge of eight hydroelectric facilities that are estimated to operate at about 30% of their 10-year average generation. If that wasn't bad enough, streamflow forecasts for Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona are among the five driest on record. Think of Lake Powell, the main reservoir that feeds into Nevada's Lake Mead where the Hoover Dam makes use of the water for power generation. Well, Lake Powell is projected to receive only 25% of the water it normally would between April and July. I'm sure you listeners have heard about this heat wave already. People are being asked to reduce their power consumption in some places so as not to strain their electric grid, but of course, that rarely works. I would not at all be surprised if we saw some rolling blackouts in more states, kind of like California saw during their wildfires last year. Things are just getting drier and drier, and states that would have been able to supply excess electricity to California probably need it now so hopefully things don't get too bad out here in the west all energy is good energy especially when there's an energy deficit so it is possible we'll see some old coal and diesel plants start back up kind of like we saw in europe so that everyone's energy needs and wants can be serviced but that is the end of this episode yes Things are heating up, no pun intended, and I think we will be seeing high oil prices for quite some time now. So join Rare Petro for the ride, and be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to have a more direct impact, please reach out to us. You can contact us at podcast at rarepetro.com, and I will read your email directly. Tell us what you liked about an episode. Tell us how you feel about one of the segments. Provide insights to things that we may have left in the dark. Really, whatever you want to say. If you do that, we'll likely mention it on the next episode, and we will be entering your name into a little giveaway so that you can get some Rare Petro swag. Again, this has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody.